It is our Friday segment, Online Voices, where we collect some of the more interesting uh, netizen opinions and comments throughout the week. Joining us, as always, for this is our reporter, Kang Jae-eun. Good morning to you. Good morning, Henry. We're going to begin with a topic that has been um, heated. It is in regards to vaccines and, uh, you know, putting aside all the crazy conspiracy theories that we've had about uh, whether the vaccines are dangerous or not. It is important to inoculate the population so we can get back to regular business. So talk about uh, just first about the describe the issue at hand. What's this vaccine debate that's been going on? Right. So this vaccine debate that's been going on is related to the speed of vaccine rollouts for uh, for Korea. So recently, the opposition party has criticized the Ministry of Health and Welfare for their slower than expected vaccinations. Following a media report, which was kind of an exclusive feature from a white lean, uh, right-leaning paper, that Korea was the latest among 37 OECD nations to start COVID vaccination. So this data comes from the Our World in Data and various foreign media sources. So currently, uh, according to this report, only five countries, including Korea, have not started vaccinations. Now that's a little different because Japan has already started their vaccine campaign recently. And among the five, it turns out that Korea's vaccination schedule was at the latest. So uh, Currently, the Ministry of Health, they plan to kick off vaccinations next Friday, and they will be administering AstraZeneca to about 270,000 workers and residents at convalescent hospital who are under the age of 65. But this kind of was a hot-button topic at the National Assembly's plenary session on Wednesday, which uh, followed by a lot of uh, follow-up media reports. And so in response to the criticism, Health Minister Kwon Doctor said that, quote, Korea is not that late, and the delay delayed move was kind of a cautionary response considering that there's already a lot of well, not a lot, but a couple of reported side effects uh, from these vaccines coming from other countries. And the reason why I mentioned these uh, crazy conspiracy theorists in regards to the vaccines is that there is still a pretty widespread skepticism on the safety of the vaccines. And so uh, what you hear is that uh, if the government is going to roll this out, they want to make sure or at least uh, convince the public that it is even safe to take. So I'm imagining for a lot of people, yeah, I'm sure there's people say, oh, hurry up, and I want to get this yesterday, and so why are we so late on this? But because of their, those, those concerns, you would imagine that there's not going to be, it's, it's going to be a bit nuanced as to how critical we should be about the, uh, the delay of this vaccine, right? Right. And that was echoed in a lot of the online comments as well. So uh, one commentator said, uh, Korea is doing such a good job with antivirus efforts. Would there be a reason to rush when there's not enough test results to prove that the vaccines are safe? I don't understand. Korea's handling the pandemic very well. Look at what's happening to Japan, China, the U.S. and the U.K. And Comparing caseloads to other countries like the U.S. and Japan, Korea is, in fact, um, handling the pandemic pretty well, uh, which, you know, people are saying kind of wait and, you know, watch response uh, approach to vaccines is kind of reasonable Mm. uh, considering Korea's uh, spectacular antivirus uh, efforts. Another commentator also did mention that the first runners had no choice but to start vaccination early because the situation there was too serious. Korea is now starting after these countries prove the vaccines are safe to be administered. Also kind of uh, uh, echoing that uh, opinion I mentioned earlier. 
but there were some uh, some negative opinions, uh, kind of more citing to the the newspaper that reported this. Mm. Uh, so one commentator said, if the government used a fraction of the trillions of won distributed via coronavirus relief grants on vaccines, we would have received shots at least two months earlier. Our economy is paying the price of the government's political ploy, implying that the government could have delayed vaccines pro- vaccine procurement for political reasons, which um, I I saw this comment a lot through the online sources. So that's why I I, I brought this today. Yeah, that sounds like a super, no offense, super konde comment, (laughs) because it's it's one of those very typical, oh man, you're spending it all on welfare, but you're not going to spend it on the important thing. And there's some kind of conspiracy that uh, you guys are trying to delay this for, you can't really imagine. But as you say, um, it's interesting that there's that similar themed comment that comes pop. Out and you kind of wonder, is that kind of spontaneous, mm-hmm. coincidental, or is there some kind of more kind of motivated kind of strategic plan to right. have those comments out there? Just um, uh, it's uh, it's confusing. Now you could be later, but if you lay the groundwork and you get this out efficiently, that might actually be more effective than these other countries who so-called have been doing it earlier, like Japan, who. They can't even get the syringes right now. And so they have a bunch of uh, vaccines that are lying in rot. And so who gets there at the end is probably going to be much more important than who has had the rollout uh, initially. And so we'll see. Right. You know, the goal is to reach herd immunity by November. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So um, and if we do it, um, there might be other countries that have not done it, despite having had access to the vaccines much earlier or approved the vaccines much earlier. Let's turn to another issue. Samsung chairman. Uh, Lee Jae-yong now uh, banned from managing the company, and this has uh, resulted in some online reactions. Right. So Samsung might have its leadership vacant for a couple of years after the Ministry of Justice notified uh, Vice Chairman Lee Jae-yong that he will be subjected to employment restrictions following his two-year and six months of prison sentence. Now, we all know he's been sentenced to jail uh, after bribery charges and embezzlement. Uh, So under this restriction, he will not be able to take part in management activities at his company and also be stripped off from his vice president title. Uh, And this restriction is actually effective for five additional years after he finishes his sentence. But uh, Lee is not the first Chebar leader to be subject to uh, such restrictions. We previously had SK Group uh, Chief Chet Taewan and Hanor Group Chairman Kim Seung-yeon, who are also temporarily banned from uh, management activities. But uh, this might not actually take into effect uh, because uh, Chairman Lee is allowed to ask the Ministry of Justice to waive this ban. And also some believe that because uh, he's not, he's, he has been working without any pay and is not included on the register list of Samsung Group's executives, that this might not take into effect. Well, and he essentially controls the company because of that complicated kind of right. uh, shares, cross-holdings, all of that stuff that occurred, which is kind of partially the reason why he's behind bars right now. Mm-hmm. When it comes to Samsung and you have these kind of cases, and it's very similar to what we saw with some of these uh, comments that seem like they're getting planted on the consumer service side. Um, you definitely see a lot of those comments as as well here. Can you reflect some of the uh, public opinion? Sure. So we know Samsung is a really big group and there's a lot of companies that have some way or another connected to this company. So people were kind of saying that this is going to, uh, you know, hamper the economy a lot. So some people, one uh, commentator said that, please let him work when our semiconductor sector is doing so well. Think of what the most urgent thing uh, 
is in this age of the pandemic, if a big company like Samsung recruit people, it will save the lives of thousands of unemployed people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. And um, another uh, person mentioned that if Samsung collapses, the Korea, yeah. it, Korea will collapse too. We've never heard that before, right? <laughs> yeah, but this, was a, this got a lot of likes on uh, the website, yeah, so I yeah. thought it was a pretty um, interesting comment to mention. Uh, but there were some commentators saying that, you know, he should... He should pay for what he done, what he did. So this commentator said, "Finally, the court is doing their job. If you violate the law, you should be punished in accordance to the law." Yeah. So nothing out of the norm here. Uh, generally, you see um, fairly a lot of pro Samsung comments, largely dealing with the economy and talking about jobs and uh, about how you know if Samsung goes down, the whole thing is going to go down. And then obviously we have the other pro reform side saying, "Well, you know, there are there are some bad things that have taken place, and we should uh, address them." And so. Uh, That's how it usually uh, delineates when any uh, controversy involving Samsung occurs. Let's talk about uh, something that uh, might uh, might affect Samsung in terms of uh, their employees and how much they are going to be forced to work. Um, Talk about the proposal of a four-day work week. Right. This is an interesting proposal for a lot of office workers out there because a couple of candidates who are running for Seoul by-elections have proposed cutting the official workday week to four from the current five. So one of the most noteworthy figures is lawmaker Cho Jung-hoon from the minor liberal transition Korea party, who officially announced to encourage companies to implement a four-day work week as part of his campaign pledges. Uh, So if this plan takes into effect, the legal working hours Will in Korea will shrink to 32. Uh, and he's been also uh, been talked a lot online because he uh, had a heated discussion on uh, about this topic with an economist at CBS Radio. Um, and he said that he will encourage companies by government uh, support and give them incentives to hire more people or to motivate job sharing and, and cut back the working hours uh, uh, to, to finish the, the, the same amount of work. Mm-hmm. but with reduced hours. But that's been, you know, it's kind of a, something that people have been thinking a lot. A couple of companies are implementing a four-day, hour, a four-day work week and a lot of, you know, debates going on in the online community. Yeah. Um, what were some of the reactions to this? So interesting, it was kind of mixed. I thought there were more positive reactions. But uh, one commentator said that when we have more leisure in life, I think it'll increase productivity and creativity, which got a lot of likes on this uh, Mm. website. Another commentator said that I remember people freaking out as if our economy was going to collapse when the government introduced the five-day workweek system. I guess history repeats itself. Everyone seems to be ignoring the fact that this, uh, that system helped revive the real economy because people spent a lot of money on the weekends. I do remember there were a lot of um, oppositions when uh, the, the work, work days were cut from six to five. And people are saying that same thing is happening again right now. Yeah, well, I think a lot of our younger listeners don't realize that this was the norm, right? Everybody worked on Saturdays, and it was just sort of a very, very (laughs) – you just had no breaks at all. There were – I mean, I think – you're probably old enough. You remember when kids went to school on Saturdays. Yes, I was that generation. Yeah, Yeah. so uh, that that just means that we're just even now really getting uh, used to a five-day work week, which is considered the standard and the norm almost all across the civilized world. Um, To get it to four – might be a little bit more of a progressive step, but I think there are a lot of pros and cons weighted on that. But generally speaking, more domestic spending, which boosts the domestic economy, but we've got to address some of the uh, wage inequality issues, obviously, and make sure that people have 
enough to, to live on as well, and that, that productivity also remains high. Right. Um, I do want to mention the last comment that kind of talks about mm. people who aren't like bind to a nine to five or nine to six office job. So one person said, four day work week, I think he doesn't know how much wage was lost for commoners at small businesses after work days were cut to five. For those in the upper class, it might not matter much, but cutting out one work day can be devastating for workers whose wage is calculated by the hour or per task. This is nothing more than empty talk. Yeah. One solution could be, why not uh, pay them a little bit better than slave wages uh, so that they don't have to work uh, 24 hours a day just to make a a decent living? But again, that uh, opens a huge other can of worms uh, with that. Jaehyun, as always, appreciate it. Thank you very much for all the hard work and look forward to talking to you again next week. Thank you.